What is that noise? It's got to be the table. <laughs> it has to be the table. Um, okay, we're back. And I think we're talking about the Austin market today. We are talking about the Austin market today. All the, about the Austin market. The craziness of it. The craziness, the the chaos, the circus. You as a transplant understand <laughs> the Austin market. It is wild. It is. Even over the past 12 to 16 months, it's it's just gotten absurd. Yeah. You know, at some point you would think it's got to stop, but it, it's just not. Yeah. I, I thought that it would stop with the new rates. Uh, obviously, a 5% rate when I moved here last March, my rate was 2.6. And wow. now it being 5 point above 5%, I don't, that, that's a lot. Yeah. I, you know, a rate hike of that nature, I mean, in an average price million dollar house, that's, you know, that's got to be a thousand dollar difference a month, I would yeah. think. The interest alone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when your interest, especially if you're, you know, say like a an average nine hundred to a million dollar house, and the interest is that high, that has to be between a thousand and two thousand on top of your mortgage. Absolutely. Then you know, the 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 actual house that that people used to be able to afford a year or two ago, they can no longer afford just due to the interest rate. You know, so yeah. you end up knocking a lot of people out of the market that that could have been clients. Yeah. So. When, I mean, I didn't get here until, so I got here, if we're looking at a timeline, I came over here in January, the first week after New Year's, but you were building all the houses on Nash, you were finishing those in December, Yes. so a few months before then. When do you feel like you started hearing about everybody moving over here because when i moved here i felt like everybody was coming after me they were following you they yeah i felt like everybody like i started the trend absolutely but with you doing nash when did you start hearing about people coming from especially from new york from the west coast and the east coast and then people buying buying homes and where where inventory was just so low like people were getting on the lot and making their offers where there were barely walls up yeah absolutely i would say it happened even a few years before that you know this is a market that's been doing well and even over the past 10 years you know 2012 we had kind of a nationwide downturn but austin was very well insulated you know we've always been a market that had people moving here due to jobs and everything else so we were humming along at that point there was just at some point someone turned the faucet on at a ridiculous rate um, well, was it also all of the, you know, the Tesla and the Facebook and all these companies started moving over here, which maybe that was when it really. Yes, absolutely. You know, and then you popped you, off. Yes. You get people that buy houses over the phone or over FaceTime, which yeah. is something that's just uh, unreal. A lot of those did come from California, California, Chicago, New York. Um, we're getting a lot of those, you know, transplants as well. But it's just wild how they look at the environment and how they look at real estate in general. Um, you know, even though Austin has gotten tremendously expensive, that's relative to someone leaving California, you know, yeah. selling a house that, that that's at the height of their market when they sold it as well. You know, I'm not sure how the California market's doing currently, but um, I know Austin's taken a lot of that market away from them. So mm-hmm. people are coming here in droves. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's look back. So, okay, 
the pandemic started in t- March of 2020, really. I mean, it started before yep. that, but let's look at March of 2020. What was the market like then? Even prior to COVID, it was it was ridiculous. Um, you know, we've always run about a, a 90%, 95% sales rate prior to completion on most of our homes anyway. And it's been that way for goodness, uh, eight, nine years. You know, we really geared up a lot of the building that we were doing and built a lot more units and, and, and just produced a lot more product over the past, I would say, seven years um, just to try to keep up with the demand. Um, and with that said, you know, it's it just continues to get crazier and crazier. There's been times, even 24 months ago, when we could buy a lot in central Austin for six hundred and fifty, seven hundred thousand dollars. Now that same lot in those areas are still, you know, at this point over a million dollars, one point two, one point three, just for to purchase a piece of property that you've got to demo a house ultimately to rebuild one. So your basis is doubled in in less than twenty four months. So it, the market itself is unbelievable. And again, much to what I was saying earlier, you figure at some point that something's going to stop, and it, it just has not. Yeah, we were just talking about it right before we started this. I was telling you how a neighbor's house sold next to me, and I did not think that it was going to sell for as much as it did. But then you were telling me about, tell me, like, let's talk a little bit about how these houses are getting appraised. Yeah, um, Travis County, the local county in in austin that that most people have to deal with decided this year to come back with with reassessed values that that were 50 to 60 percent higher than um years past there's a lot of people protesting it things of that nature because it 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 took a drastic jump for a lot of people for instance one of the uh products that we sell is is an adu or a, a thousand square foot, eleven hundred square foot, two bedroom, two and a half bath house that we will build um, as a means of density to get more people on one lot. And with that said, we sold those anywhere from low sevens to high sevens. And within twelve months, the appraised value has gone up per the county um, to one point one million dollars. Mm. And that's that's twelve months. That's almost yeah. double mm-hmm. yeah. in less than twelve months. So, you know, the county's catching on. They're they're trying to get their little piece of it. Um, I don't know how well those appraised values will will hold on, just because so many people are protesting. However, um, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about doubling your tax bill. And it, it, while Texas does not have a state income tax. They do get you in in certain areas on property taxes, so we've got we've they got do. high property tax rates. So, you know, in in, in most well, their tax rate is two point two percent. So, mm-hmm. and you're going off appraised value. So, if you're in something, you know, that's a million dollars, that's immediately twenty two thousand dollars a year just in taxes. So that's you know almost two thousand dollars a month just in property taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Those hurt. That's going to be painful. I didn't think about that. I'm coming up on, I just passed a year here, but that, that is a lot for people, especially with the rates, especially higher. Exactly. You know, and, and, and part of it too is, uh, 
homes that are your primary residence you can homestead those and it locks a rate in you know Mm -hmm. they can't hike your your taxes more than 10 percent or your appraised value so that helps out quite a bit as well so i'm hoping that when you bought you were able to get your homestead exemption in i was nice (laughs) i made the cut nice um so with out of out of interest nash to your building right now there's obviously two different size homes, but you're selling the lot where it's the main that's about 2,000 square feet and the ADU is about 1,000 square feet. Do you feel like you have more interest even with those ADUs being smaller but still a nice price? Do you feel like you have more people that are showing interest in the larger home or the smaller home now? You know, I think if we could do a neighborhood of just ADU style or sized homes, they would sell before we even started. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a huge interest in the smaller house. And I don't know that it's necessarily due to it being smaller. What I I really believe that it is, is it's because it's a less price, a a lesser entry, if you would, to actually live downtown. So people look at the end price to get a brand new home something that will appreciate um Mm -hmm. and so adus will never you know have an issue selling however um over the past 24 months as well the public's gotten a little more um savvy and they realize if they buy the front and the back house now they could have an income producing Mm -hmm. product that they lease out which actually lowers their monthly basis Mm -hmm. and so our market's getting a lot smarter mm-hmm. um and and with nash too that's how we're preferring to sell them is the main house and then the adu combined on one lot to one buyer at least on this project we're not offering the adus to be sold separately i think uh bristol my wife who does all of our our real estate sales has probably a list of 40 plus people that would be interested in just buying the adu versus the a and the b mm-hmm. we do have one lot left um, of which we're just waiting for completion before we put it on the market. But again, you know, the market's getting smarter. They know that that they need to put their money into assets and things that actually appreciate over time. Mm-hmm. Would you say that over the last, since you started building Nash or maybe since, you know, the fall, has there been ever like a hot spot or like a like a sweet spot price that you guys have thought like that is that is the price i mean obviously like the adus would sell but is there a price where you're like if we go over this there's going to be less people interested maybe those people might be wanting custom homes but is there that sweet spot of a price right now in austin where you're like this is the most in demand price you know um we used to but because the market keeps escalating at such a rate um Mm -hmm. it it almost disappears, you yeah. know, as it's it, more and more. Absolutely. We do primarily uh, spec homes. So we're, we're building houses that do not have a buyer necessarily in mind when we start. And when we do these, you know, we deal with limited partners or investors as well. And we have to produce a performa of what we think the houses will sell for. And we usually do a low case, a mid case and a high case. The past several projects we've done have have all blown the high case out of the water, you know, so you don't it's really hard to judge where where that market's going to be 10 to 12 months, you know, after you start a project. So 
I would love to say yes that there's there's a number or a sweet spot, but that sweet spot keeps moving. You know, houses that sold for 1.5 to 1.7 are now selling for 2.5, 2.7. It's it, it's absurd. So it's a moving target that we're constantly having to deal with. Okay, I want to switch gears really fast. Um, still the Austin market right now, but. One thing is how have you guys been able to, let's talk about how you guys have been able to keep up with your timelines, how you guys have been able to stick with your deadlines, especially to the people that already purchased the lots on Nash too Mm -hmm. in your other homes. No, absolutely. It's a tough market to build in right now because, um, because materials, subcontractors, the gamut, you know, it's, it's similar with gas and everything else, you know, that the building industry is, is attached to the commodity market and the commodity market continually fluctuates. So even the difference in 12 months to today, that lumber has gone up two to three times what it used to be. Um, not to mention appliances, appliances are almost a year out now. So, before you even do foundations, you're having to order appliances and things of that nature. So with that said, you've got to plan. And with it constantly changing, you're constantly learning that it's it's hard to stay in front of everything. Because you may get in front of appliances and order those on time. Well, now there's issues with structural beams, or there's issues with plywoods, or there's issues with other material that you may not have had a leg up on to be able to order in time and there's a lot of jobs that are sitting around austin that are half built because people are waiting on materials or waiting on subs you know while we have had a little bit of a delay i don't think that we have had as much of a delay as most builders in austin just because we were trying to forecast a lot of these things and, and take our time on the front end and plan a little bit more versus starting and waiting Mm-hmm. Have, do you guys feel like you have to pivot a lot during this building process because of everything going on? Absolutely. I mean, building in general, you have to pivot constantly. I, I often say that I'm an overglorified babysitter <laughs> with most people, but it, it just is what it is. You know, you've got a you've got a schedule. You've got to keep in communication with vendors and subcontractors and things of that nature. But in this market, it's it's even more so. So, you know, from five thirty in the morning on. You know, we're just we're chasing subs, chasing materials, making sure things are showing up on time and trying to maintain a schedule as much as we can. You know, we unfortunately here and there we're, we're going to be taken by the market and, and, and what the market is doing. However, we've done, a, I think, a better job than most for sure. Now, if we were to say 99 problems and blank is not one of them, would you say like people people needing jobs like people showing up for work like what would you say 99 problems especially in construction but yeah. what is not one goodness um <laughs> that's a great question uh i don't know that i have an answer for that <laughs> i really don't because it, it changes on a daily basis you know part of the one of the biggest things is even in speaking with my sons you know i would love one of them to get into the industry um, or to get into a trade in general. That's where there's a huge gap. Kids are not getting into trades, and they don't understand that plumbers can start digging ditches in Austin, making almost $75,000 a year. Wow. But it's work. They're going to sweat, you know, yeah. and they don't want to sweat. 
Um, but it, if, if they keep at that for, you know, six to seven years, they can have their master's license and own a plumbing company. And then yeah. they're making really good money. Um, but it takes work. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the younger generation has just shied away a bit from that. So that's one of the most difficult things on top of materials. I guess Skilled one of, labor. Yes, absolutely. Probably one of the things that is not an issue or a problem is the amount of buyers. So we definitely have a large amount of buyers, um, and it's just being able to produce products in a timely manner for them. Yeah, that's a good way. Good job. Yeah. You, you answered my question. It took me a little while. I had to talk <laughs> through it and everything else. You got it. Um, now, so the other thing is that fun fact that you told me, I've obviously learned a lot of fun facts working with you over the last almost almost a year. Yeah. Um, you told me that in Austin, you do not have to have a construction license to build a home. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's pretty unbelievable. Most states, you do have to be licensed, but in Texas, you don't, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Is there a way for people, say, because I do remember when I was looking for at homes last January, there were a lot up on the east side where you, my agent, took me, and the it was a dirt lot. There were a few walls, like a few framed walls up, but they pretty much just had the site plans, and they said, okay, they're, they, these are kind of the site plans. These are the materials that will be used. Do you, is there any way for people to know that, or do people do you think that people get is that is it an issue in Austin at all? I don't or know that it's an issue as much as I would be a hundred percent for licensing. Yeah. Um it, one of the biggest reasons is it pool guys and roofers have always been known as uh kind of shysty in the industry. Mm. Um you don't have to be licensed to do those things. Um, and I think having licenses for builders adds legitimacy. Um, and just to, to know that your builder isn't just some guy that just opened a company one day and then next day he's building your house with very little to any knowledge of how to actually build. You know, plus on the selfish side, it would it would thin the market out. Mm-hmm. You know, we would we, we could probably get a get rid of half of the builders in texas if we went to a licensing program and years ago texas tried to do something and unfortunately it just failed miserably but i was all for it um you know i think that builders should be licensed we're uh, starting to develop and build in nashville and so tennessee you have to be licensed as a builder so i'm in the process of going through that right now and taking the tests and things of that nature so it's something that i think is truly needed yeah because it's a it's a master craft you have to if you are an electrician a plumber or an hvac guy you have to be licensed well why don't you have to be licensed as a builder the the person that is actually overseeing the entire process that's a you know something that texas needs to work on a little bit yeah that's very it's very very interesting i've never heard of that happening anywhere Okay, so we're going to be wrapping up this episode, but let's rewind a year ago. And I had just met you. I hadn't bought a house yet. I was looking at new houses. I was looking at houses that I could 
probably renovate, maybe do a little gutting, re- you know, refurbishing, mm-hmm. as the I would HGTV say. The TV thing. Yeah, I mean, now that I know that you don't have to have a construction license, trust me, let me get on in there. I don't need anybody's exactly. help. Exactly. Okay? You can go to All Home Depot, I need, pick up some guys, you're good yep, to go. Get the guys on the corner. Yep. Everybody needs work. I've got my, you know, nail gun. I'm good to go. What would you say... Would you have had what advice would you have given me last year as a new, a a first time buyer buying in this market? My, you know, your budget is anywhere between, you know, 900 to 1.2. What, what would you advise me? One of the first things, because we do not have to be licensed, is look into the background of the builders and developers that are, um, responsible for the product that you're looking at make sure they've had a track record you know you'll see several builders that'll pop up for a year or two and then they disappear they're gone mm-hmm. the reason is you know they they don't have the bandwidth they didn't do a good job you know austin while growing immensely fast is still a very small town and everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. that would be the first thing i would do check out someone's background look at past work that they've done talk to past clients see You know, look at their track record. In addition, because this market is so crazy, when people are putting offers in on houses, unfortunately, you've got to do something to stand out from the rest. Mm -hmm. Um, The old additive of, you know, sending a picture with a letter and, you know, the family and things of that nature, that worked awesome a few years ago. Yeah. Um, You know, now we've got people that will come in and, you know, of course, offer zero contingencies. 14 day close all cash no no inspection it's it's absurd their car exactly their diploma absolutely and that's the thing we don't necessarily i don't like where the market's gone when it's come to that and there's been times where we've you know not taken a contract that was more money than others just because um we had a connection with with a different client yeah. You know, and we will sell it at a lesser price to have that connection and that relationship with that customer for years to come. Mm-hmm. The other thing, since we're we build multiple houses next to each other, I'm huge into community. So I mm-hmm. want people to mesh. We don't, you know, we try not to sell homes to assholes. That's one of the the things that, that that's almost a, a a saying that comes out of my mouth all the time. Just because we want that that energy and that synergy amongst individuals and bringing community back. Yeah. I do remember that when I first met with you guys, you had told me about all the people that purchased homes on Nash. And now that I'm over there all the time, everybody is, you are still so connected to every single person that purchased a house over there and all the people that have bought your homes. So that's a very fair point. Yeah, no, and that and that's the thing, you know, community is something that that disappeared for years. You know, we were in an, in an environment where you would pull into your garage, shut your garage door and you'd go into your house and you never talked to your your neighbors. It was rare. Those days are changing, you know, when when we built Nash, all the owners prior to the houses being done, they already knew each other. They were on group texts, they were meeting. I love that. It, and it still is that communal feeling you know everybody knows everybody and they call each other constantly and they do things together and they watch out for one another packages you know things like that 
someone gets a package and it's delivered and you know in in front of their house where anybody can see it you know a neighbor's going to go pick it up for them text them say hey i got your package i don't want to sit and out in front where someone could steal it's little things like that Mm -hmm. getting back to to what we were truly built for we were built to be in a community with others we weren't built to be all alone Mm -hmm. so that's something that that when we look at design and concepts and concepts for things that we push and we strive to to achieve is is a true communal feel yeah that's great so that's um yeah definitely so look at your builder make sure you're checking your builder what if it's a house that say i was looking at only at houses that were a lot older is there anything that you would you say to not skip the inspection or is there any one piece of advice you would have given me i would always get an inspection um hell yeah it's just you don't know what you have until you get into it (laughs) um codes these days with building new construction are a lot better than they used to be um austin's known for having some funky soil and if it's not planned for in the beginning you can have foundation issues um even when we built our house we we bought a lot knocked it down started from scratch but this neighborhood that we built in is known for having massive foundation problems and it's just in the 60s and 70s they didn't know how to use rebar to its you know best potential so a lot of foundations cracked sidewalks cracked driveways cracked things of that nature and some of those things you just can't see until it's too late so always get an inspection you know and and it may even make sense to talk to a couple builders get some opinions things of that nature just some an outsider looking in on something that you do not or they do not have an emotional attachment to Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that can be your worst enemy as a buyer is getting emotionally attached to something because then you take common sense out of play mm-hmm. and you got to keep common sense in play for sure and it's probably just because it's my business but i do i just don't get emotionally attached to houses or buildings or anything like that because mm-hmm. they serve a purpose um yeah, same. But, but it is one of the most emotional things that you'll ever do yeah Glad we're on the same page about that. Yeah. This is probably why we're such good friends. Exactly. You got to love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is this is a house. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. It serves a purpose. You can't be attached to things like that. No. Nope. Nope. Um, well, this was a great episode. We're taking questions, too. If you have questions, you can send them to. We're going to leave an email in the description. And follow Mike at Mike Special or Set Studio at Set Studio. Yes, we're on Instagram. We're on several different platforms. We're everywhere. And you do a wonderful job of our social media and, and things of that nature. We push a lot of our investors and, and interested parties, especially over to Instagram, because there's constant updates. And it's it's nice to see uh, inside the box a little bit. You know, website does wonderful. It's a, it's a, it's a business card, but it's kind of fun to see the day-to-day yeah, The social is definitely live action social. Absolutely. So we'll see you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.